There it goes. Okay. Now it's time to start Facebook, Facebook Live. Mm, I don't want to wear these. I wanted to wear different ones. Okay, cool. So here we go. What a little girl at? What little girl? What a little girl? You know what girl I'm talking about. Man, you better take your goddamn hands off my suit. Your mama bought me this suit for Christmas. This is my favorite suit. Now let me go. I'm gonna see you Thanksgiving, all right? Appreciate it. Hey, hey! It's your big happy meal ass open. Get on in the corner. I'm still the law around here. Next time I come in here, y'all better clean this shit up and brush your teeth. Let's go. It's a water and lemon for blood. Well, we're red. Don't make me ask twice. Where is Francis? <laughs> you're, you're about to be killed by a Zamboni. Tell me where your fucking boss is, or you're gonna die in five minutes. This is confusing. Is it sexist to hit you? Is it is it more sexist to not hit you? I mean, the line is real. <laughs> You might want to look away for this. Now, this little piggy went to. Ah! <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> you weren't meant to see that. Cyrus Grissom, do you copy? Cyrus Grissom, do you copy? Yes, I copy. Identify yourself. This is United States Marshal Vince Larkin, Duncan Malloy of the DEA. Oh, Agent Malloy. I'm so sorry about your associate. Nothing is quite as sad as seeing a grown man pissing his pants. Listen, Grissom, you puny fucking animal! When I get through with you, you'll be begging him for the electric chair! Hey! I don't like him. If he speaks again, this conversation is terminated. He doesn't want to talk again. Really? He's done talking. He's leaving the building, okay? Good, then I'll talk to you. Here are the rules. First I ask a question, then you ask a question. Okay. What's your question? In Carson City, your bulls were on to us. How? One of the guards. One of the guards. One of the guards faked a heart attack and we had to remove his restraints. All right? I see. And what's your question? Where are you going with my plane, Cyrus? We're going to Disneyland. You're lying, Cyrus. So are you, Vince. Oh, nothing makes me sadder than the agent lost his bladder in the... Airplane. Anthony, give me a boy's name that starts with the letter H. Jose. something that follows the word pork. You pine. Huh? <laughs> huh? <laughs> you pine. You pork you pine. He said, Q-Pine. <laughs> 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 
What? What is coupon? <laughs> this is the greatest answer I've ever heard. You can know. No, I feel you. No, I feel you. I feel it's number one. Oh my mama. It's number one. Oh really? Well, I'll tell you what. It's gonna be number one on YouTube, but <laughs> it ain't gonna be number one on that. I can bet every dollar I got. <laughs> you the only person that said coupon. Coupon! I have come here to chew bubble gum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubble. Oh. You, fat fuck. Come here. What'd you call me? What did you just call me? I called you fat fuck. We better leave it at that. Unless you prefer I call you dead fat fuck. Mrs. David? Yes? I'm Jody. Oh, my. Oh, my, my, my. You're in Texas. I think so. Everybody talks funny. Well, come on in for a minute. Thank you. You're a homo? <laughs> Well, I, uh... The reason I ask is I've never seen one before. <laughs> we don't have homos in Texas. <laughs> Live ones, anyway. <laughs> well, sit down. Would you like a drink? Uh, yes, thank you. A drink would be nice. What do you people drink? You mean New Yorkers? We drink... No, no, homos. <laughs> We drink your basic heterosexual drinks. How about some lemonade? Do you drink lemonade? Lemonade would be terrific. We like lemonade. I mean, we drink a lot of lemonade. Well, pardon me asking, but uh, does your husband do a lot of the cooking over your house? He does all of it. <laughs> he loves it. Oh, well, uh... Ain't you a little afraid of what people could think? You mean that I'm a lazy wife? No, that he's a fag. In a couple minutes. That's just stupid there, Jefferson. Besides, uh, getting elected, there's more to that than just being smart. There is, huh? Then how come we don't have a black president? I mean, some of our black people are just as dumb as Nixon. You ain't got a black president, Jefferson, because God ain't ready for that yet. Wait a second. 
What? That's right. God's got to try it out first by making a black pope, which he ain't done yet. <laughs> or maybe that's because God ain't Catholic. <laughs> we know that one. <laughs> You men change the subject. Yeah, Gloria's right. This is no time I'm to be... I'm talking, Michael. Oh, boy. <laughs> is that all you can talk about? Whether a black man or a white man should be president? Well, what do you want to talk about, little girl? How about a woman president? Oh, holy cow. <laughs> a woman president? Mr. Jefferson, this may come as a big surprise to you, but women are much more oppressed than blacks. I don't see no ghetto for women. What do you call a kitchen? I call it a prison. Stay out of this, Louise. You're talking foolish. Do you know what Shirley Chisholm said? Shirley Chisholm said that she ran into more discrimination because she was a woman than because she was black. That's why she didn't get elected. Right. Because she was talking foolish. Mr. Jefferson, she wasn't talking foolish. The business world has been doing the same thing to us now that they've been doing to you. They're hiring token women. Well, by the same token, hire one for me. Not funny, Michael. I'll see you later. <laughs> the whole point I'm trying to make is that uh, you take these things like, what do you call, loyal and, and love. Well, your, your colored families, they, they don't uh, feel them things like your colorless families. <laughs> Listen, I got something to say. Uh, gather on, everybody. I'm going to make a toast to Archie. Yeah. Oh, nice. Toast for my daddy. It's been a great experience living on this street and watching this wonderful family of Edith, Gloria, and Mike. I want to thank you, Bunker, for letting me know and letting me see that uh, some white folks are better than other white folks. <laughs> I wish the whole world could learn that. I didn't get that message. Maybe you should have put it on the bulletin board. <laughs> Sorry, Hans, wrong guess. Would you like to go for double jeopardy where the scores can really change? Oh, these are very bad for you. Just a fly in the ointment, Hans. The monkey in the wrench. The pain in the ass. Yeah, I'm still here. Unless you want to open the front door for me. I was always kind of partial to Roy Rogers, actually. I really like those sequined shirts. yippee ki motherfucker. I'm not the one who just got butt-fucked on national TV. It's showtime.
All right, kids, welcome to another exciting episode of the original Red Pill Show. Uh, today is Happy Father's Day to all you dads out there. Uh, me being one of them, one of them hit some nice, um, nice messages that I got today. So thank you very much for that. Uh, but today is Tuesday, June 21st, first day of summer, isn't it? Right, visually? Now the days shall get shorter and shorter, and you'll be freezing your ass off. Hey. Come on. Sooner than you think, Christmas will be here. No, thank you. Anyway. So today, Sunday, happy Father's Day again, June 21st, 2020. This show, <clears throat> excuse me, this show is for entertainment educational purposes only. Please use it at your own risk. Show is copyrighted by moi. No part of it can be reused, rebroadcasted in any way, shape, or form without my written consent. Finally, this show is opinionated. The host, me, callers 815-290-0912, guests, people that we interview, people that are naughty in the Podbean chat room, and the Facebook chat room, and YouTube, and whatever else we're on. Soon to be banned, I'm sure. Whatever. Are and always will be opinionated under no circumstances whatsoever should opinions be taken as advice. If you're seeking professional advice, we strongly encourage you to hire a license if required. Person in his or her feel little Tommy. Hey man, I need a new iPad. No, that's his name. Broadcasting live from the wonderful town of Loveland, Colorado, in the good old USA, where the media is just so honest and unbiased. And, uh, uh, yeah. So, what's shaking? Have you had a good weekend? I really don't do this show um, on the weekends, especially on a Sunday. I was going to save it for tomorrow night. But I've had a spiritual awakening again or an epiphany or and here's how this shit happens, okay? Now, what I'm going to do is talk about me. So, and it's not self-serving or narcissistic or whatever. How many pairs of sunglasses do I have on? Really? Just one? Okay. Because I am watching less and less TV as far as programming, satellite, internet, TV, which are your regular networks and all that other crap. I, I just, I, I don't want to watch it anymore. And I, and I haven't been. So I'm either playing my 
PS4 playing Monster Energy motocross game, whatever, and sometimes trying to kill time, but you can't do that forever. I mean, I guess you could, but I don't want to. And then I'll jump on YouTube and I'll just uh, watch the Atlantis report and I'll stumble on this. And I've stumbled on London Real by the, the a guy named Brian something. I know that helps a lot. But I just watched him literally, and I'm almost all the way through it. It's called uh it's called London like London Real R E A L an Iron Mind Man. Iron Mind. I really uh <laughs> really recommend people watch this. Um I have, I don't know if I should start getting into me or not, but, but this documentary, that's what I'm going to call it, made, made me think, and with all the shit that's going on right now, just, I don't even want to get into it. I don't want to give it any more energy, just all that's going on right now. I watched this and this was about the host of London Real, Brian. I don't know. Brian Rose. And he, without giving it too much away, he was confronted by a friend who's from New York and he's from New York. They're both from New York. Brian relocated to London. It's all in this documentary. It's a movie, I guess. It's a movie. And I'm like, okay, whatever. I, I mean, <laughs> it kind of sparked my interest. So it's an hour and 40 minutes. Went by pretty fast. I didn't get to the end of it yet. I think he's got like 30 days left before the Iron Man competition. He has 90 days to train. So I may have another half hour, 40 minutes left in the movie. But Brian's confronted by a friend saying, you know, you really got to come back to New York and face your demons and blah, 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 blah. And it's been 15 years and I'm challenging you to come here, and it's on you. So he goes to New York, and then his friend says, oh, and by the way, you're doing the next Ironman with me, and you have 90 days to train. Now, Ironman's a triathlon, triathlon where you swim, then you run and you jump on a bike or you swim, you jump on a bike and you run. I think that's the right way. I've never done it. And Brian and his friend that challenged them, they're having some pretty deep conversations about each other. 
They didn't talk about black life, man. Black life. Don't get pissed at me. Okay. This isn't about any of that stuff. This is about two people that are very good friends talking about themselves to each other. Now you can call that whatever the hell you want to call it. Okay. It needs to be done. Oh, my fucking phone is ringing. Can you believe that? Every time, Tim, you want the phone to ring, just freaking my personal phone. Just start a show. So I was also searching through some stuff and Brian Rose on his show. Different, different thing here. On his show, and because he interviews people, it, it's kind of like Joe Rogan-ish, but not. Uh, very similar. I mean, nobody beats Joe Rogan. There's just or Howard Stern. Brian's uh, good at what he does, but uh, he's not Howard Stern. He's not Joe Rogan. But that's the kind of thing it is. He has somebody sitting in front of him and interviews him. And he was interviewing Robert Kurosaki, uh, who wrote Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I've read that book. I've not read 1984, which somebody in the chat room brought up. I dove into it a little bit, but no, I have not read the whole book and I need to, but Brian was talking to Robert Kurosaki about what's going on right now. And I don't, I don't know what it is with people, myself included for sure, that you keep hearing the same thing, but it never sinks in. And Robert Kurosaki kept saying, Brian, the reason why you're successful and you're doing well is because you've uh, uh, metamorphosed into the next phase from the Industrial Revolution to the Information Age. Now, I, I'm a huge Robert Kurosaki fan, K K Kurosaki, however you say his name, whatever. You know what I'm talking about. Just read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Probably still the best book I ever read. People ask me, what's my favorite book? And I always say Rich Dad, Poor Dad, because it just floored me. And I read that book, uh, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, maybe, before the meltdown, 2007. So that would be 13, yeah, 13, 14, 15 years ago, something like that. Just floored me, floored me. But Robert Kurosaki is saying we're in the information age. And I, I've heard him say that and I've read it and, and I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about? Information age. And I had epiphany an epiphany and it's like information age is information that you that you, this is going to be about you. And when I say me, because this episode is going to be about me. But when I say me, I want you to think you. So don't make this about me. Make this about you. And don't make it about the TV or politics or anything or the coronavirus and all this other horseshit. When I say me, think you. And don't judge me or say, oh, this is all about you, Tim. 
no, this, this is what, in my opinion, because it, it resonated with me today, as far as I understand it. And every time I start saying shit like this, people are like, what the fuck are you talking about, Tim? Uh, you know, you're crazy. I don't get it. Robert Kurosaki wrote rich dad, poor dad. People thought he was crazy. Brian Rose started London real left wall street, moved out of the country, moved to the UK. And people said, what are you doing? You're crazy. You're, you're a wall street banker. What are you doing? You're crazy. When I started my business that was very successful for 20 years, people told me that I was crazy. Not everybody, but people, oh, you're crazy. Well, it, it was a pretty good run to doing this show. What are you doing that for? What are you doing? Why are you doing that? It, it's going from the industrial revolution to the information age industrial revolution is blue collar jobs white collar jobs business what what our world has been ever since the beginning of the industrial revolution till even now but before that it was farming and agriculture and things like that and then the automobile and electricity threw us into the industrial age. Now we're into the information age. And I could never really get that. I'm like, what in the fuck are you talking about? What information? I can just go on to Google. Google there's information everywhere. I don't need, oh, what are you talking about? And what he's talking about is you, me, coming and leaving, that don't make any sense, leaving, coming to a realization and going through transformation to the next level from the Industrial Revolution to the Information Age. Kind of like when the automobile was invented and people had their horses. It's like, oh, fuck you. You're driving one of those contraptions. Mechanical horse, they don't need one of those. And they ride their horse and they laugh at you while you're driving off in your car. That's you. That's me. We're driving off in our car. And we're leaving the people with their horses. I love horses. It has nothing to do with them. I love cars, actually. I love both. But people were ahead of the curve and they're like, well, the automobile is the future. Fuck the horse. That's where we're at. And some people are either doing it intuitively or they're doing it on purpose. But whoever doesn't make the transformation into the information age is going to be left behind. Now, when I heard that, it's like, like I said, I got YouTube. I, I can find anything to do with information because I have a computer. So I'm like, and that's what I thought he was saying. He was saying, 
it's the information age, so get ready. You know, it's, it's information. It's all about information. What does that mean? I don't get it. What he's saying has, as I understand it, after this weekend, is that the information is you. It's me. It's the information that you have. And the information that you've obtained through life experiences, not necessarily your education or, for that matter, your intelligence level. Robert Kiyosaki divided things up, and I believe in this, but he said it into words, and I've had it into thoughts. There's like four or five areas that I think I need to focus on. And it's spirituality, mental health, physical health, intelligence, and uh, probably financial intelligence, which might fall into the intelligence. So mental, spirituality, physical intelligence, and financial intelligence. I, I think they could be two separate things. I don't know what he said, but that's what I, he said something like that. And that's what I, I would do. And what I need to do is be the best in all different five, four or five categories. So I can obtain peace and happiness and do the best to my ability. And what he also said, which I agree with, is that it's not necessarily your will. And here comes the kicker. It's God's will. It's what God wants for not just you, but for, for everybody. And that resonated with me too. Because a lot of problems in my life, past, present, hopefully not future, and problems that are going on right now is people demanding their own will to have it their way. And that ain't going to work. When you make a decision to do things for the betterment of the whole, then, and it's not necessarily right or wrong. It's just what, what's better for everybody. And then in return, that's better for you. And the way that you do that is through information. And I would say information could possibly be experience, knowledge, and what you've obtained without paying for it, like a degree, high school diploma, um, I think you said a PhD is poor, helpless, and desperate, which I think is that's pretty funny. Uh, bachelor's degree is BS, bullshit. Uh, it's a piece of paper. I encourage you to watch that interview with Robert Kiyosaki too. But I want to get more into me, which hopefully reflects into you. 
and you look at you, so you can use the information that you have to succeed. Because if you keep, and I keep waking up, I'm not saying quit your job and just go on a mountain and do yoga and meditate and you're going to spread your knowledge and wisdom like that. That's not what I'm saying. Every single person has individual knowledge, information that they can use to prosper. And back in 2008, now I haven't made a dime doing this and I really haven't pursued monetization for a lot of reasons because uh one what youtube has pulled and putting all your eggs in one basket i i knew i just knew based on my my information so when i i use the word information it's not need input you know facts it's not it's not that information is my knowledge or my programming or my experience in my life and I have a lot to share with that information and when I started doing this podcast back after the financial meltdown I wanted to know why that happened and the rabbit holes and everything that I learned, I, I didn't like, and I can promise you God's will is not being done in that area by any stretch of the imagination. And you can't, you can't fight it per se, but what you can do is take that information and use it to your benefit and learn mistakes by thinking different or doing something different or going against the norm or conventional wisdom, whatever you want to call it. And you travel down the road less traveled and you find new things. And a lot of times you find and discover new things by doing the wrong thing. <laughs> so uh, I've learned way more doing the wrong thing and doing mistakes and failing than learning and doing the right thing or the correct thing and being successful. So the information age is you. So I have to learn how to, how to monetize or how to use that information. So I can be self-sustainable, that's probably about the best word. 
I mean, I'm sure when the car was invented and electricity, well, what are you going to do with that? That's, you know, ha, 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 and whatever. And you're going to kill yourself with, with electricity and you shouldn't touch it. And the whole current war, current war thing between Tesla and Westinghouse and Edison, whatever. Um, like, oh, what are you doing? <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. But I know if I keep using a fucking horse and I see the potential in a mechanical contraption like an automobile, the horse isn't going to evolve, but the car, the automobile, or that mechanical technology is going to evolve. And it did. And it caused the Industrial Revolution. So if you did not go with the inevitable, you were left behind or you were stuck. It's two different things. I mean, once you're left behind, you're stuck. But if you decide not to get left behind, you're not stuck. So you have to learn how to use the information that you have. And I never really thought about it too much until I finally figured out what he was saying or trying to say. And use my information to help people and connect with them and resonate with them and try to wake them up and realize their own full mental potential. Because we're all programmed and indoctrinated just go to work, do this, do that, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. If you haven't noticed, things are changing. It's not working anymore. And Robert Kiyosaki said this with the COVID-19 thing, you can claim yourself to be a victim or you can look at it like a catalyst or an opportunity to catapult yourself into the next age, which is the information age. So you're like, well, wait, what are you talking about? It's like, well, if you're in the industrial revolution age and COVID-19 has definitely decimated the economy globally and your business or your job, COVID-19 definitely affected that negatively. But if you could use your information to your benefit and helping other people's people and doing God's will, not your will, because if you wanted your will, you, you should really want to help other people and make this place a better planet. You re, without sounding too corny, you really should. If you can't think that way or you have no desire to do that, then this isn't going to work. But if you do, COVID-19 shouldn't affect you one bit. Not to the point where you can't go to work now when the social distancing horseshit and not being able to go to work. And some people, that was late. 
some people have had the opportunity to work from home. So they've been doing online meetings and been able to communicate with customers and their bosses and from a managerial position to keep their job. But if you already found out a way to be in the information age, then COVID-19 shouldn't have affected you. I don't see how it could. Um, again, Joe Rogan's in the information age. And then on top of that, he's sharing information from other people by interviewing guests. It's all information. Fascinating. Number one podcast in the, in the world. I don't think actually he signed the Spotify deal, if I'm not mistaken, right smack in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic. So <laughs> that proves that right there. How many people can say, I think it was a hundred mil. Wow, I just did a hundred million dollar deal at work. What? How you, how'd you do that? You can't even go to work. Uh, that's because I'm in the information age. So I'm beginning to, I don't like being able not to figure something out. And this weekend, it just came to me. I have all kinds of information I can share. And this is where you get, this is where I, you get into me. Because if you haven't experienced things and learn from them and make yourself a better person, then you're going to fail in the information age because you have nothing to share. You have nothing to promote or share to help people during difficult times. And again, spreading and doing God's will over your will or somebody else's will because it's a universal law. And that's what God wants is it to be a better place for everybody. And the only way, I mean, look at it this way. It's, it's a horrible world right now. It is 1984. And that's because of the actions that people have done. So wouldn't it stand to reason that it could be a better world if people made the decision to do God's will and that their will? with greed, hate, and everything that's going on, wars, and everything else right now, wouldn't it stand to reason that if you decided not to participate in that and share your information with life's challenges so somebody else could advance in their mental, physical, spiritual, intellectual parts of their life? I would say yes. But we don't do that. And then 
if you start doing that, why are you doing that? Well, it's personal. Um, well, yeah, because it's about me. Uh, and if it's about me, then it's about you. Because I'm sure it's going to resonate with somebody out there. Because we're all human beings. And we're all in this shithole state of life right now. In two years, five years, ten years, if COVID-19 rolls around again and people were too young to actually really deal with it, you would be a real asshole not to share how you dealt with it. So that that's where the information age is going to be to your benefit. Now, am I saying, well, if I'm going to answer questions or share my information, I'm going to charge you a dollar for every question or, or situation or answer that you may have or opinion for you to get through what I went through because I have that information and you don't. No, I'm not saying that. But I can come on here like this and share it. And then if I monetize or I get sponsors or commercials or whatever, and I start getting paid to share my information with people that need it, then that's a big possibility. And actually it, it's already happening, but I didn't understand the term the information age because information is just facts. And again, like I said, I could just type shit into Google. Well, oh, what? I don't know about this. What's this about? Boom. No, that's, it's more like a factual thing or encyclopedia, but you can't, You can't look up an, an encyclopedia. How did you deal with COVID-19? You can't look in an encyclopedia and go, Tim, how did you deal with growing up in an alcoholic family? Tim, how did you grow up and deal with um, getting addicted to drugs and alcohol? You can't look that up. It's not information. That's experience. Tim, how or Tim? How did Tim Google? How did Tim start with the business for twenty years and married for twenty seven years, and it all was destroyed? How did Tim deal with that? Good luck. You're only going to get that from me, or someone's only going to get that from you if you went through it how did tim start the red pill show that changed to the original red pill show you're not gonna find, you're not gonna find that you're gonna find that from me though and when i watched this movie or documentary with brian rose and it's called iron mind the movie 
And this poor guy was so distraught and so down when he was in Wall Street, which is a horrible, very competitive, greed, banker assholes. I mean, that's 90% of the reason why we're in the situation we are, but I don't want to get into it. And he just wasn't for him. And he got into doing heroin with a friend. It's like, here, just try this, you know, but which most drug, first time drug users, that's how it happens through friends. And he almost died of a heroin overdose. And I don't want to give anything away, but his wife, and he's got two kids with her, didn't know this about him. So he had to tell her, and he was scared to death, that she was going to leave him. And all she did is turn to him and gave him a big hug. And if you didn't go through that, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't be the person that you are today. What a wonderful woman. And what a wonderful man to, to, well, you don't need to know that shit. That happened in the past. Don't worry about it. See, that's the personal thing again. Because people, people have a tendency to judge you by sharing something that happened to them that they're not proud of. And I never understood that because my kids know everything about me and my ex-wife. And I didn't hold back anything. And I told them all the mistakes that I made. So hopefully they wouldn't repeat the same. My son the other day just said, Dad, I don't do drugs because of you. But if I never would have told him that history, this is back in my 20s. I'm 56. I haven't done drugs in, oh, my God, uh, 33 years. Because I warned him, I go, two things are going to happen. You're either going to jail or you're going to die. Information age. You're not going to find that on the fucking internet. So there's a little bit about me, but I bring some things up on this show and I have in the past and I've been called names. I've been called racist, which you want to cross the line or boundary calling me names. It, you're missing the point because it's not true. I've been called racist. I've been called a woman hater. I've been called some other things, asshole, whatever. I could be an asshole. I got my dark side. Who don't? But I'm not a racist and I'm not a woman hater. I'm a joke. A woman has destroyed my life under false pretenses. 
from a sociopath, which I didn't know what that was. You want to learn about sociopaths? I got plenty of information. I know how to identify them. I know how they act. I know what their intentions are. And you're not even going to know what the fuck is going on to you. If you can even keep your sanity. Because you're going to go crazy. Unless you figure it out. But then when you figure it out. Then people think you're crazy. My parents and my sister and my nieces and nephew are all chummy chummy with this guy that destroyed my life. Because he told my ex-wife I was on a double date and had some video. And I don't want to get into this stuff, which is not a double date. I was in an establishment and there was friends in there. And we congregated around the same table. And unbeknownst to me, uh, my family member who's a sociopath, I'm pretty sure recorded it with his phone. And unbeknownst to me, I didn't know that was going on and showed it to my wife at the time. Um, <laughs> and I could, I could share that because see what sociopaths do. Here's some information for you. They're cowards. And when they target you, because for whatever crazy, insane reason, they want to destroy you. They don't like you. You piss them off. You call them out. Whatever their reason is, it's basically for power. They won't come right at you. They will go after your next closest loved one. So if you're a mom and your closest is your daughter, male or female, the sociopath will get to you through your daughter. If you're married and they target the man or the husband, they're going to get to you through the wife or the woman. And their success rate is very very, very high. I can tell you, unless they are above the level that I've dealt with in sociopaths, after meeting a total stranger after three times, I will be able to tell you if they're a sociopath. Because I know what they say. I know their behavior. I know their intentions. I actually kind of know how they think, which is really scary. And I, they're very predictable because I know what they're going to do. But I didn't have that information before. I didn't even know what a sociopath was, but I have that information. I'm not a trained licensed psychologist or psychiatrist. I don't have to be for me to protect myself because of the information that I have when it comes to those sick, dysfunctional, fucked up people.
and I could just not even bring this up because here we go. Well, Tim, really, you know, blah, blah, blah. I can't believe that. Uh, yeah, I fucking believe it. Uh, because when I used to go on dates, when I first got divorced, I'd be sitting there with my date and they would ask, so what happened in your marriage? And I would just, I go, okay, here we go. I just, I was pretty much flat out destroyed by a sociopath that got into my wife's head. <laughs> there was two reactions to that. One was like, okay, and uh, it's getting late here. It's time to go. Or it was a smile and they look down and then they look back at me and they go, same thing happened to me, which is kind of amazing because I did my homework on it with the information on the internet. And it's under 5% of the population that are sociopaths. I don't agree with that. I, I would say 30 to 50% of the women I dated had the information that I did when it came to a sociopath, which I find very alarming because I had no idea there's what they were. There's a movie called The Invisible Sociopath. That's really a mind fuck. Watch that movie <laughs> because uh, quite honestly, what I went through in my real life and the information I acquired by experiencing that, that fucking movie's a cakewalk. But that's what they do. And this guy was destroying his wife and driving her crazy by going through her sister and loved ones and just basically was trying to make her look insane. And he damn near did. So, and on top of it, the guy was invisible. <laughs> so it's like, okay, lady, you're really fucking bitch. You're crazy. Cause now you're saying this and that, and your husband's doing that. Who's dead by the way. And then you say he's here, but he's invisible. Try that one. So it's a fascinating insight from the perspective of a lady that goes through hell to get her information in dealing with a sociopath. <clears throat> and when you say information, people be like, I do heating and air conditioning and refrigeration. I've done it since the day out of high school. I have plenty of information that I could share in that. And I have, and I've done, I transferred my knowledge and, and pretty much everybody that worked for me obtained a lot of it for free. Um, because it really wasn't my will. It was God's will again, because it was good for the industry and it was good for my employees because they were making themselves I thought better people because they would make more money to provide for their family. And I mean, let's face it. If you're paid a good wage, you're probably much happier with your life than making a piss ass wage. So I never had a problem transferring my knowledge or my information 
so people could better themselves. And I can promise you every single person that worked for me did way better than if they didn't work for me or they did way better when they left, whatever reasons or were, they were before they started seeing it. And that's what it's all about. It's like the, the pass it on thing, the pass it on movie, pass it on. Somebody does something nice for you. You do something nice for them, but that's more of an act. Now you can do it with information. I don't, I don't come on here to be a know-it-all or to say, I've told friends and I got plenty of friends here. Well, not, not really volume wise as far as numbers, but I have plenty of friends here that are having some tough, challenging times right now. And when I talk to them or they start talking to me and I haven't been through it, I go, I, I, I don't know what to say to you. I haven't been through that. But when they bring up things that they, they're going through and I've been through them, I share my information with them. I mean, isn't that what you're, isn't that what you're supposed to do? Are you just going to sit there and let a friend or a person go through hell and not be concerned and just let them find out on their own and watch them make all these mistakes? Because I've, I've made those mistakes and mistakes can be very costly, but they also can be very knowledgeable. But if you can help a friend or somebody or a listener or whatever, and if I can say something to help you minimize those mistakes, because let's face it, nobody, not even me. Somebody says, oh, Tim, I've been through that. And, uh, you know, this is what I did. And like, yeah, hey, yeah, fuck you. Whatever. Yeah, right. And then it turns out that they were right. <laughs> and I should have listened to them. But if I'll at least listen to them and go, you know what, maybe, maybe, maybe that is the right way to handle this because they've been through it. Which, even if you don't take that information and use it to your hundred percent advantage, you'll probably minimize your mistakes, and then therefore it'll be less costly to you. So we're just going to have to do a self-evaluation of ourself, which is hard to do without being a confident, conceited asshole and write down your information that you have that could help somebody else going through this because that information is going to be like the industrial revolution and it's going to throw you into the next information age if you can be honest with yourself you write down that information or put it into your head and categorize it 
And then when someone's going through something, or you've done your homework on it, and then you have your own opinion, I mean, that, it's not more or only experience. It's also your opinion based on using God's will, not yours, not political affiliations. That's all power. It's all manipulation and power. But you can take the information that you you've acquired and stay unbiased and go, well, I know we're being told all of this and racism is at its highest and there's white privilege and people of color, uh, it's all our fault and we should be ashamed of ourselves. Um, I have a different information age to share about that. And the bottom line is this, and it's happening again. I have a neighbor that's black. Okay. African-American fucking whatever. Okay. This kind of came up the other day cause I just ran into him. And we we're talking about the mayor of Chicago, how she was telling the president so many words without using them. Fuck you. And I'm like, you know, I, I go, <laughs> I'm from Illinois and done plenty of work in Chicago and been there plenty of times. And it's been a progressive shithole for decades. And now it's all showing its ugly face. And the president of the United States this isn't about politics. Just hang on. My information. The president is a title and a position. I wasn't crazy about any of the Bushes. I, the, the last president, I was only 16, that I liked was Reagan. But I was only 16, so, you know, whatever. And then he was president for eight years, so until 24. He would probably be the only president that I liked. I didn't like any of the Bushes. I didn't like Clinton. I didn't like Obama. Uh, I ain't crazy about Trump. But I respected the position. Because it's the president. Just like you respected your dad or your mom or your grandma or your grandpa. Yeah, he might have been a child molesting fucking asshole. But he kind of still respected that he was your grandpa, right? I mean, you know, can't take away the title. But we were talking and I said, you know, you know what? Chicago has been a shithole. And the policies by the politicians in that city has been take people of color and minority, throw them in the projects, pay them to live there, pay them more money to have kids. If you think raising kids doesn't tie you down or get you stuck, you haven't raised kids. But to keep these people oppressed with no hope 
and no way out because you throw them in the projects and you pay them to live there or subsidize them. And then, well, don't worry, just have more kids and you'll get more money. Well, now you just anchored yourself or, I mean, you're not getting out of that. And then the next generation comes and the next generation comes and you have all these people with no hope, no aspirations, no inspirations, no goals, because that's just the way it is. Forget about college. Forget about breaking away from here. You're never going to make it. And then these kids get into gangs because they have their differences and then they end up killing each other for power and territory because they got nothing better to do. And then when I hear, now make no mistake, there's definitely abuse with power, with law enforcement and everything else, but it's, that's not every single police officer. And that's got to stop. But to paint a broad stroke and saying all cops are bad and all white people are bad and you have white privilege. And I had a conversation with Scarlett about this because she's half black. She's mixed. And she told me some stories and I'm like, I, I can, I can see where they're there in some instances are white is white privilege. But privilege is, if you have a privilege, that means if you're aware of it and you use it to your advantage, then you're just a fucking asshole. You're, you're not doing God's will. If you have power that's been granted to you or not even granted, just intrinsic by being white, and you use that against another person of color, to rise above them, you're just an asshole. But if somebody would say to me, well, you have right to white uh, privilege. I go, I may, but I refuse to use it. But then if I'm accused, well, you're using it, you don't even know it because you just get it by default. Yeah. Uh, I I could flip it on you and say the same thing. So that's not going to work. But if we all used our information and shared our experiences and talked about this stuff, I'm not holding you back. It's the politicians that are holding you back. And if you really want to get into it, it's my tax money that's taken out of my check, busting my ass to pay for you. But see, do you really want to go down that road? Because I don't. I would rather share my information with you. Whatever that may be to help you get through what you're going through. Well, you can't relate to being oppressed. Uh, yes, I can. And I can tell you this, when it's been really dark and dreary and there's no way out, 
there's many stories. I mean, recently would be my divorce decree. How am I going to pay this woman $150,000 just for half the company and then alimony for four years? Which came out to be over $1,500 a week, a week, not a month, over $1,500 a week. How am I going to pay that? And it got pretty, uh, pretty bad. And then somebody that you supported and lived with and raised kids and started a company from nothing. Uh, well, I'll just have to call my attorney and have you charged with contempt of court. How sweet. But I bring this up because I persevered and I figured it out and I had help. But I just moved into a mobile home. I wasn't there for three or four months and I told her, see, here's the personal stuff, my information. I told her, I know you're cohabitating with a guy who she married, by the way, now. And I will take you to court and I'm not going to pay you. So she just said, give me $40,000. We'll amend the divorce decree. And it's done. And I said, you realize you're going to make me homeless. Technically. Technically. Didn't give a rat's ass. Sold the mobile home. Still owed her about eight grand. She let me finance that with her, or payments. And she's done. But it made me look for options in trying to resolve something and not have the attitude of being a victim. But I'll tell you what, I was getting fucked sideways and I didn't do a goddamn thing, but I had to persevere and figure it out. And I did, but I had to sell my roof over my head to satisfy her because my business was being destroyed. So there was really nothing I could do about it. And that's the truth. But the information I obtained from all those experiences is invaluable. And I have no problem sharing that information because if it helps you and saves you, What's wrong with that? I could really honestly give a flying fuck if you get divorced and you lose everything and you're homeless. Uh, quite personally, because people's attitude is, well, it ain't me. Well, good thing it's not me. Hmm. Yeah, that's going to help. That's going to help everybody. Or I could go, you know, I could be a good human and I could go, 
I have information that I'm sure somebody could use. And I got it the hard way and I paid dearly for that information. But if I shared that information to help you get through what you're going through, because I've been through it, then you're helping that person and making their life a better life. And you're making the planet a better place to live. So I, I don't see how that's a, that isn't a win-win situation. I really can't think of how it isn't, but people, you know, everybody's so defensive and don't want to offend anybody or don't want to share their experiences because it's too personal. And then they might judge you or call you a name like a racist or a woman hater or whatever. Well, I guess that's the, that's the cost of doing business or casualties of war, I guess, which it shouldn't be a war, but it turns out to be that way. Cause some people just don't, they don't get it. They want to condemn you and judge you and go one up on you or compare you to them. Oh, I got a way better life than that. Fuck him. Glad it's not me. <laughs> yeah, okay, sure. So if uh, age is not a factor in this at all, none whatsoever. And quite honestly, and they talked about this because they said, uh, Brian asked, uh, Brian Rose asked Robert Kurosaki, who do you think can make this transition or metamorphosis from the industrial revolution to the information age, the millennials or the seniors, the older people. And Robert Kiyosaki said the, the older people, because the millennials were brought up on a computer and an iPad and a phone. They, they don't get it cause they don't have the information that the baby boomers and whatever do. And I agree with that. So quite honestly, you have a printing machine that can print, not make print, well, make print, not earn. That's what I'm trying to say. When people want to go into business and I go, listen, there's two differences here. If you're an employee, you earn money. If you're a business owner you make money or print money but not print illegally you have a printing machine i.e your business is your printing machine and i keep hearing people like oh i don't i'm gonna work to the day i die which probably be me but i don't know, define work do you want to work in the industrial revolution or do you want to work in the information age and with all the information that the baby baby boomers have, my generation, because I'm just right under them, I think that's Gen X. I don't I don't like the division and the titles, but it is what it is. Uh, Gen X and Z, I think, and then millennials or whatever. 
baby boomers and Gen Xers have a shitload of information. And I cannot believe what I have seen since I was a kid. I actually remember landing on the moon, not me, but seeing that. And all the technological advances that have come up until present day. And on top of that, all of the experiences that I've had personally, because of the information I have, that I could share to make this place a better world and help somebody get through some tough times. And quite honestly, that's why I do this right now. This isn't about me. This isn't about making money. I haven't made a fucking dime doing this on and off since 2008. And in fact, it was part of my demise in my marriage because people were whispering into my wife's ear, what's Tim doing? Why is he doing that? Blah, blah, blah. And putting doubt into her mind kind of funny because at the time I was buying up silver after the meltdown like crazy and just ironically she got all that in the uh, divorce decree uh, silver is not 50 bucks an ounce yet but it's gonna be on top of my information that I have with the whole banking system Information, not facts. Information. Facts have to be proven. You can't prove information. If you, if you go to law enforcement, I have information. What are they going to say? Well, do you have any proof? No. Maybe. I don't know. So information and facts are, in my opinion, two different things. But I have information. Do I have proof? Am I a psychic? No. No. But I don't have to be. Because I've experienced it. So therefore, I've learned and I have the information. I have the information how to start a business with $10,000 in my industry and turn it into three. $30 million cumulatively over 20 years. I can also, I also have the information how to destroy that business and your family for that matter. I have so much information I can share with people and that's why I do this. Now, unfortunately, if you can't rise above and go to the next phase, and keep your head out of the television and the politics and everything else, you're not going to make it. And if you can't be brutally honest with yourself and share that information, I mean, hell, you better learn to share it with your kids. Because I've heard comments like that. Well, I don't want my kids to see me like this, or I don't want my kids to know this about me. Why the fuck not? Do you want your kids to repeat your mistakes? And they repeated them because you didn't share your mistakes 
because of your information that you acquired by making those mistakes, you're a horrible parent. It's my opinion. I You shouldn't really give a flying fuck what I think, but I think, put it this way, I think I would be a horrible parent if I didn't share that information with my kids because I don't want them to go down the same road that I did. That's how you raise them. And don't we all want our kids to have a better life than we did as kids? I think so. So I don't know if any of this makes any fucking sense. To some people, just like when Robert Kiyosaki wrote Rich Dad, Poor Dad in 1997, he got, in his own words, crucified by Wall Street. You have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, okay. Number one financial book ever in the history of books. Brian Rose. Fuck New York. Fuck Wall Street. I've had enough. I'm moving to the UK and I'm getting into broadcasting. And people said he was nuts. I wanted to start my own business at 33. Raising two kids and a wife that stayed at home because I couldn't live with myself if some family member or some babysitter molested my fucking kids because I would probably kill them. So I'd rather bust my ass, make sure my kids are provided for and my wife so she can stay at home and be a mom. So our kids can know who their mother is. And that's who should be raising kids. I busted my ass to do that. And then I wanted to start my own business at 33. With a wife and two kids and a mortgage. And people said I was fucking crazy. And I'm sure people, I'm not going to have 100% people agreeing with me. It's impossible. I'd be lucky if. Half the people listen to this shit would agree with me. I don't, but I don't want you to agree with me. I want you to, to like, wow. Yeah. That actually makes me think. It's called the original Red Pill Show to make you think. Out of the box. Not a blue pill. Industrial revolution. Industrial age. It's a red pill to get you into the information age. So you need to ask yourself, what information do I have? And at first you're probably going to go, I don't know a fucking thing. Really? Hmm. I doubt that. I, I doubt that everybody has a story to tell. And how you overcame that and transformed from being dealt A shit hand, got a pair of deuces if you're lucky, and five card draw. And everybody else probably has a full house or three of a kind or, or whatever, straight, flush. Fuck, I ain't gonna win on a pair of deuces. So you discard three and you pull two more deuces. Now you got four of a kind. You probably just won the game. You can't give up when things 
aren't going your way. And again, most, if not all of my worst challenges or consequences that happened to me from this perspective after the fact have been a godsend because I don't know why people do what they do. I don't know why family betrays you. I don't know why employees undermine you and God knows what they say and they take your business right from underneath you. I, I don't know. I, I, I really don't. But I can tell you that I'm the happiest that I've ever been, except maybe when I first got married and had my kids and I started my business. I mean, I may have been more happy then, but uh, it was a long time ago. But I really haven't been happier because all the information that I acquired in the past eight years has maybe end up in Colorado, which I never, <laughs> never thought ever I thought I would be in Colorado. The state is amazing. It's turning into California. And actually I've seen some Illinois plates too. So that scares me. Um, but nonetheless, this is a beautiful state. People are amazing. I have wonderful friends. And I moved here at the age of 54. I just turned 54. Well, I, I don't know. I, all because of the negativity and the optics and the challenges that I faced and the information I acquired going through all that. And I always try to transform or take lemons and make them into lemonade. And I really rarely, except the case of a sociopath, I, I've rarely seen my problems of victimization, being a victimization. I mean, shit happens for a reason. But I've been told, and I've told other people too, friends of mine, because we have different stories, but we've all had these obstacles and challenges. And some of my friends have been through fucking hell. And sometimes we joke who had, who had it worse. But I tell every single person that starts sharing that with me that they should write a book because you're going to inspire people and there's hope. And you're going to do God's will and not your will. Don't write the book to make a million dollars. Write the book to help people. Because that's your information. And by what Robert Kurosaki is saying, the information age and people that transform into it are the ones that are going to make it. The ones that are stuck in the industrial revolution or industrial age are not. So I really, truly believe forget the COVID, forget the, forget everything that's going on and the stuff on the news. The industrial age is dying and you're a part of it. And so am I. And it's not going to get any better. 
So learn to use the information that you've acquired to make this place a better world, to help your fellow man with problems that you've already been through. And I think you'll be richer than you've ever possibly dreamed because things just happen. When you do good things and do God's will without getting into preaching and religion, this is more spirituality. If you do good things, put out good vibes, do good things for people, you're going to get good karma back. You're going to get something back. What that is, I have no fucking idea. Um, but if you put out bad things and negativity, then you're going to get bad karma. And I've seen that. I've seen that. But it's up to you. You got, you got to make a list. Share all your skeletons in your closet. At least, God forbid, please, with your kids. Kids aren't stupid. They're little people. They shouldn't look down. You shouldn't look down upon them or judge them. They're little people. And they're going to be adults someday. And if you can raise them and share your mistakes or your information that you've acquired with your kids, I'm not going to say they're going to listen, but it's not on you. It's like, listen, I told you. My wife got pregnant at an early age for me here i'm sharing more personal shit and uh i didn't want anything to do with her i didn't want anything to do with my daughter uh she was working two three jobs i disavowed anything i didn't admit it but i just didn't want anything to do with it and that whole horrible thing turned out well not from this perspective, but a great family that I raised, great kids, but I don't know what my wife or ex-wife told my daughter in saying and sharing her information by having a baby at such a young age and what her information was and transfer that to my daughter but i told my daughter that if you get pregnant you're out of the house and i told her that based on me being a fucking asshole by not helping my girlfriend to be wife at the time with my daughter because my wife went through hell trying to raise our daughter alone and I didn't give a fuck and that's the information I have now transfer that to your daughter now your daughter this is what happened a guy's gonna knock you up they ain't gonna give a flying fuck and you're gonna be a single mother and I don't want that for you and I don't want to raise another kid when I just got you going out the door at 18. I didn't kick her out just because she was 18, but I told her when she understood because of the information that I had seeing my girlfriend going through the pain and suffering that she did working two jobs 
paying a babysitter to keep her daughter, our daughter, that I didn't give a fuck about because I was an asshole. The 21-year-old asshole. I took that information and I told my daughter when she was 13, 14, 15, you get pregnant, you're out. You can have the baby, stay here till you have the baby, but you need to go. And she ended up getting pregnant at 18. If you don't share that information, see, that her that decision was on her. I told her. And God, did I hear it. My friends think you're an asshole. Really? Are those the same kids that have, same friends that have two or three kids by two or three different daddies and are living at their parents' house? Is that who you're talking about? Because I could give a flying fuck what they, th- what they say. Well, yeah, that's who it is. I go, okay. But I tried sharing my information based on my experience, my reaction, my actions, my girlfriend, soon-to-be wife at the time actions, in the struggles, and I shared that information. But it didn't do a bit of good. But that was on her because I was trying to make her life better because I didn't want to see her go through what her mom went through. Essentially because of me. But she didn't listen. And you're not going to listen. And nobody's going to listen. But but that's okay. But when your job's gone and it's off to China or Mexico or outsourced or whatever, and you don't make the metamorphosis from the industrial age to the information age, you're going to be left behind. And there's nobody to blame but you. It's not an education. It's not a degree. It's not facts. It's your experience information. And that's priceless because it's yours. But if you don't find a way to identify it, write it down, and share that with somebody else, and do God's will and not yours, and make this a better place to live, then it's on you. And you're going to be attacked, and you're going to be called names. You know, you're a racist, you're a woman hater, fuck you. You don't know me. If I was that self-centered and an asshole, I wouldn't be doing this. So you're going to find out who your friends are, who your family is, who they're not, whatever. Why are you doing this? What's your intentions? Are you trying to scare me? Oh, my God. No, asshole. You're going through this, and I don't want to see you go through this. If you don't really have to, to the degree that I did, because I've been through this. And that's it. So you have information. Find a way 
to put it in the real world and write it down because when it's in your head, it's not in the real world, but when you put it on paper, it is and write down all the information that you've had, that you have and how you've overcame something, or if you didn't overcome it, what you learned by it kicking your ass. I lost my family, some friends, my business, uh, business acquaintances, lost them all. But you know what it did? It got me to get the fuck out of Illinois and move to a wonderful place where I have a new life and wonderful friends and a great place to work. So sometimes bad things are a godsend and you don't know why they're happening and you can't figure them out. But the one thing that you got is the information that you obtained from that experience and you should share it. So that's that I'm done. What is that? Seven. Is that really almost two hours? Holy shit. Wow. So I had no idea what I was going to say. <laughs> I never do. And, uh, there you go. So again, iron mind the movie off of London reel off of YouTube. And then Brian Rose interviews, Robert Kurosaki. There's a couple interviews. I don't forget the title of the one, but uh, just amazing stuff. But you need to change your thinking and find a way to metamorphosis into the information age. And make money off of it. I don't know how. That, that's for you to decide. I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to fucking tell you. It's like when automobile was invented. Well, you know, they're going to be racing race cars, NASCARs. Like, really? You're not going to get paid for that. Really? <laughs> yeah, whatever. You'll figure it out. But nobody can take your information from you. It's yours. It's your property. Look at it that way. It's your property. Find a way to sell it. The nice thing is, unlike a house or a car and materialistic things that have value, once you sell it, it's gone. Information's never going to be gone, ever, until you lose your fucking mind. But other than that, it's nobody can take it from you. So that's all I can say. I hope it made sense. It was an epiphany with me today and with what's going on right now and everything else. Uh, it made total sense. So if if it helps, great. If it don't, I, I don't know what to tell you, but what do you got to lose? So I'm going to go. That's like almost two hours. It's insane. It's insane. Please share the show. And uh, I really, truly hope it helps. So uh, that's it. So, uh, share the show. Have a great, uh, happy Father's Day to everybody again. And, uh, have a great night. You have been listening to the original Red Pill Show.